This is USA Takedown, the best guess. All the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA with your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now, it's time for USA Takedown. Hello again, everybody, from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. This is USA Takedown. Today, we welcome our Defense Soap guests, Ryan LeBlanc, Jordan Oliver, Chris Wade of the Pro Fighters League, Wisconsin's superstar Braxton Amos, and uh, Trevel Delugnev. There it is. He's only been on the show like 100 times. <laughs> you think I could get it right? Trevel Delugnev. There we go. And this is a Friday morning. And Kira, are you having a good morning so far? I mean, you've been in here for at least an hour before me. Oh, yeah. I uh, I had a productive morning. I went and got got uh gas filled up my tank got a good got a good breakfast so like, we're, we're off like, to a good start <laughs> and, hey okay. big news and uh kira you can probably do the promo better than me but big news about the addition of our simulcast partner mm-hmm. okay so uh here's the good news it's uh one oh two one so one 102.1. But it's hard to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to get used to that. So 1350 ESPN, our home studio, and broadcasting on the uh, at the same time uh, in simulcast is 102.1 FM. Okay? So there's another way for you to listen. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeart app, and also at usatakedown.com. All right, let's go to our first guest. Kira, if you're ready, let's go to Ryan LeBlanc. He's been... Uh, uh, the head coach of the Citadel for a little bit, but he joins us now. Ryan, good morning. How are you? Scott, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm super excited that you are the first individual, first coach, first guest, uh, as we begin to simulcast this uh, radio show. So congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, always love getting on the show with you and talking wrestling. You know, the thing that I get uh, out of these relationships that I build over the years that we build um, is the ties are the ties that bind. Okay. So if you think about your history at app state, right. And then you see the endorsement that John Mark Bentley did for you of you. Um, it, it tells me an awful lot because he doesn't, he does he does not suffer fools gladly. Okay. So Ryan, what does it mean when, your former head coach, uh, as an athlete, somebody you placed entirely in your trust. What does it mean when he says, uh, as I, as I read the, um, uh, uh, comment that he made about your hire at the Citadel, what does it mean to you? Because quite frankly, uh, a head coach is there to do one job. And I think sometimes we sadly miss what that job is. John Mark Bentley is a teacher of men and uh, a great opportunity at App State. Obviously, it was afforded to you. What does it mean when John, John Mark uh, absolutely goes in your corner? Uh, yeah, I mean, it means a lot. You know, I worked for John Mark for four years. Um, you know, he, he brought me back to Division One level. Um, you know, I was at SUNY Cortland before that and right. kind of took a chance on me and, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it just means a lot. You know, I know how hard he works and the sacrifice he makes for his program. And, 
you know, I was I was able to be part of that and part of some special teams with those guys for four years. And when you're, you know, when you're at a smaller program, when you're putting in the work it takes to be as successful as those guys are, um, you know, you're really, you, you become really close and, uh, and you work side by side day in, day out. And so, um, you know, he's a huge part of this, this next chapter in my life, getting me started and, and helping me get this job. And, uh, so it, it means a lot, man. It's, it's a special thing. And, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity he gave me. You graduated from what? IU? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yep. in, in about, University. Was it 2014? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, obviously your, uh, your path to your goal is never met until you get your own program, until you establish a, uh, the history that needs to be uh, in place before you can build on the foundation. In other words, foundation has to be strong. In your case, foundation is strong. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Citadel and the athletic director there uh, put a lot of faith in their decision. Uh, your performance at App State saw the Mountaineers finish in the top two in the Southern Conference each year in your four years and four seasons including three regular season championships. That tells me an awful lot about the athletes that you were coaching along with John Mark, but those athletes put their trust, their faith in everything. They put it in you. That's pretty special indeed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, and I think it's easy to get lost, you know, the commitment wrestlers make in, in you know, now that I'm a head coach, I talk with other coaches and, administrators on a regular basis and trying to explain the commitment commitment that our student athletes as wrestlers make i just think it's a little it's a little different you know it's uh it's pretty incredible what these young men do um from balancing their schoolwork to you know to to competing at the highest level of wrestling and when you when in wrestling you know there's a lot of times where when you're not the starter, you're not the best guy in the room, you know, your practice is hard. You know, it's not like you're just not getting reps. You're, you're getting beat up by, uh, by somebody who's a little bit better than you. It's a physical sport, a uh, combat sport. And, and, uh, you know, you, after, after practice, you have to go home and, and study and, and usually watch your diet, watch what you're putting in your body hmm. and, uh, do it all over again. Here, is that something we should be aware of? Um, how many calories I'm putting in my bo- my body before show? <laughs> yeah. You know, they say, uh, and, you know, I don't know how it is for wrestlers, but they, they say that it's not calories that's the problem. It's the amount of sugar that you eat. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, can we mark the tape there? Because that is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Are you some kind of a scientist behind the scenes here? No. <laughs> okay. Our, our guest, Ryan LeBlanc, head coach at the Citadel. Ryan, I've been there on campus now twice. Um, the first time, I was very interested to meet the Bulldogs, okay? And the Citadel is a military establishment. In other words, it is a an academy, okay? Service academy. So, uh, I remember wanting to meet the dogs. And then when I finally met them, I went, wow, do they ever shower? Because these <laughs> bulldogs, they, they, they spit. What, what do they call that? It's uh, they have the really loose mouth and blah, 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 shakes like that. Okay. So 
I, after that, I had no desire to ever see the Bulldogs again. What was your first? <laughs> what was your first take on the Bulldogs? Oh, I love the Bulldogs. I think they're <laughs> they're awfully cute. I, you know, when they 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 walk the general around, uh, that's what they call him. Um, you know, I mean, they bring him to practices and bring him out to to, to matches, and so. You know, yeah, he definitely he he could get a little floppy sometimes, but he's a, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I think he's awesome. He's just loves you know, hangs out. The guys love him. Um, you know, I think it's really awesome when he's walking around campus and interacting with the students and things like that. It's pretty unique to have a mascot that's actually, you know, that you could you can take out and is, you know, not just a not just somebody in a costume. It's actually a bulldog. Hey, so. hey, hey. I was Herky at Iowa, for goodness sakes. You'd think I'd get a little more respect than that. that, that really? Yep. Were you really? I was, 83-83. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. You're the first person You have person to have a good personality. <laughs> or the sincere desire for free beer in the second half of football games. <laughs> I think that's probably more true than the first. But anyway, Ryan LeBanc, our guest, head coach, the Citadel. And I, I do want to bring up... Um, uh, something that has hit the news wire in the last, uh, I don't know, 48 hours. And that is the University of Iowa is adding a women's wrestling program. And, uh, you know, Ryan, if you've been listening to the show at all over the last 30 years, you know that I've been pushing for women's wrestling all along the way, uh, perhaps even before I hit the airways with the show. Um, but it took a program like Iowa who was soundly and roundly considered uh, a program that would never have women's wrestling. But now they're putting the uh, dedicated assets toward women's wrestling. What is your thought? Because you've been a part of the Big Ten. You've been uh, awarded uh, incredible uh, degrees and also honors. Matter of fact, you were the Big Ten Medal of Honor recipient, uh, which is one of the most prestigious conference awards in college athletics. But... um, Think about this. Women's wrestling now in the Big Ten, and that is the third school. Lastly, it was uh, Sacred Heart, and before that, our buddy Mark Cody at Presbyterian uh, was the very first Division I school. What are your thoughts about the addition to women's wrestling, specifically in the Big Ten? Well, I I mean, I absolutely, uh, you know, I was, I was overjoyed to hear the news. I think it's a great move for our sport. I think, uh, you know, I just think, I think too, I think there's been some movement, but having a program like Iowa and the Big Ten Conference step up and add a women's team and find a way to make it, make it happen is, uh, is really, really, um, you know, just a, a huge stride forward in the fight to, to make that a full NCAA Division One sport. And I hope that it inspires other institutions to do the same. Um, and so, you know, I'm just, I'm excited. I think it's going to keep, help keep that momentum and energy, energy moving. I know women's wrestling has really grown at some of the lower level schools. You bet. Um, but it's straw, it's stumbled, not stumbled, but it's kind of just getting started as Division One. And I think when you get a program like Iowa with the tradition that it has, um, in the backing it has, uh, I think it could really hopefully, um, propel women's wrestling forward. You know, it was Mike Moyer of the NWCA who told me about six years ago, he said, Scott, wrestling is dying. I said, 
you need to change your vocabulary because once you say that, there are those that do follow you that will jump on that wagon. I would prefer them to have more questions than answers. In other words, I want those people that are uh, supposing that uh, wrestling was going to go away. Uh, I, I would rather have those people so I could have that conversation with them because, quite frankly, wrestling is as strong today as it, as it was, say, 30 years ago. Not in sheer numbers, but in the health and the opportunities and the forecast of the future for the sport. Agree or disagree, Ryan? Oh, I agree. I agree. And I think what you said about, you know, about your belief system is really important because I do, I, you know, um, maybe, maybe my, maybe my eyes are skewed a little bit because I get to interact with the sport every day, right. you know, 24 seven. But, um, I think, I think wrestling's in a great place, especially domestically. I think, you know, USA wrestling's in a great place. I think college wrestling, uh, where I'm at is doing really well, uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's important, though. I think steps like adding a women's team at Iowa and Sacred Heart, Presbyterian, I think those are steps that make the future look brighter. And I, I remember five years ago when when I, I, I that narrative was, you know, maybe had a little bit more um, hold to it. But now, as, as programs are being added at all levels, um, it does seem, does, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about the future of uh, our sport. I got to believe Morgan, your wife, uh, is as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> excited. She, you know, she uh, she comes from basketball country. I'll be honest. She never saw wrestling match until uh, she never had wrestling at her high school. Um, never saw a wrestling match until she went to one one of my matches at Indiana, and uh, and she's fallen in love with it. So. You know, there are a lot of folks that, um, while we were continuing to put this out there publicly, a lot of people said we didn't have a wrestling program or we don't have a wrestling program. For example, the city of New York and all the boroughs had no wrestling at junior high or high school, but it took the efforts to beat the streets, uh, Mike Novogratz, you know, a couple different billionaires to fund and pool the money together that they needed to be able to make a difference and have some grassroots uh, uh, believers uh, come up through that program and, and make their way to college. So it's it's really possible. How important is fundraising to your job at the Citadel? Yeah, I mean, I think it's essential. I think it's essential for every program to, uh, you know, um, to be able to do things you need to do to compete at the Division One level, you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm extremely fortunate to have a, a really supportive administration in university. You know, my our athletic director Mike Capaccio and my ball, my direct supervisor Jeff Von Dahlen. Um, you know, those guys really support wrestling here, um, and and they really help us out. But even even with that, um, for us to do the things we need to do and make sure that our student athletes have the experience that um, that they deserve. Uh, you know, I mean, making, you know, making sure that you track, you can travel and, and, and get the proper nutrition for these guys and get to the right events is, is critical. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, a big part of that is fundraising, right. you know, and, and cultivating your alumni and, and your families that are part of your support system, um, and your community, you know, I mean, I think here, uh, I'm uh, again. I just feel really fortunate. I think the Charleston community 
really rallies around um, rallies around our program. I think the state of South Carolina is excited about where our program's going. Um, you know, between us and Presbyterian having two Division One teams in South Carolina has been really exciting. And I think making sure that your uh, you know not just your not just fundraising, but your your ecosystem of wrestling is is healthy and mm-hmm. and um, in touch with with what you're doing as a program and that kind of thing. You know, I'm 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 in total uh, agreement with you. Um, well, it's it's for some easy to go out and ask for a donation. What you're looking to do is form those relationships that are continually giving as a part of practice, right? I mean, that's the easiest ask of all. How much can I put you down for this year and for the next 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is? Um, the Citadel has been uh, the purveyor of good news in many cases. It's been around for a long, long time. Uh, and I, I respect the time I had there because I got to see the cadet life, okay? And, 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 and watched how they're not just trained, but the expectations they have of themselves. Uh, I know that you're not a, uh, a, what I say, a ranked individual. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're I'm not an officer, but I'm, I'm just a faculty member. Yeah. Just a faculty member of one of America's top programs. <laughs> I see. I see what he's doing there. He's being humble. Okay. Uh, you graduated in 2014 from Indiana with a uh, bachelor's degree in exercise science, but you received your master's in sports management from SUNY Cortland in 2016. What was your takeaway from the experience of uh, being in that program to receive your master's? Um, I think it was really, really good for me. Um, you know, I mean, I look back at my time at SUNY Cortland, and, you know, you go from from Indiana University to SUNY Cortland, and, and things are a little different. You know, it's like you have to be a lot more resourceful. You have to do a lot with less. And, yeah. um, and you, you know, you have to – you get in the, you're thrown into um, – you're thrown into the fire a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, you know, when I was at App State, it's like you're playing a role, right? You have your responsibilities, and you, you, need, to, you need to move the needle – in, in your in your sector, you know, with your job as the best to your ability. But at SUNY Cortland, you need to do everything. You know, you need to wear all the hats. And um, it's you. You know, it was me. I was a graduate assistant with the head coach Brad Baroon. And so, you know, from strength and conditioning to running practice to to you know raising money, um, it, it's it's everything from day one to to the two years I spent there. And so. I think the biggest thing for me was just having to, you know, really, really learn a system and mm-hmm. develop and, and think critically on how do I overcome challenges. Um, and I think that served me well at every program I've been to since. I couldn't agree with you more. By the way, up against the clock here is giving me the uh, finger. Is that right? Can I say that on, on air? You're... It's, uh, <laughs> I'm well, not giving I, you that kind of finger. No, okay. All right, I just want to make sure. I've had a lot of wrestlers give me the finger over the years. <laughs> not so many coaches, but anyway. Ryan, it's always good to talk to you, brother. Congratulations on a job well done. Continued success for you and your program and your athletes. They obviously are benefiting from you and your knowledge. 
Hey, thank you, Scott. I appreciate what you do for our sport and having me on the show today. At Citadel Wrestle on Twitter, Instagram as well. Citadel Wrestling on Facebook. That's where you're going to find out more about and stay in touch, by the way. Like it, uh, friend it, whatever you got to do to make sure you follow that program. It's one of the uh, legendary programs really in the country because you go back to when it started, turn of the century. Are you kidding me? Who's been around that long? Not me. <laughs> Some of you may be questioning that. <laughs> anyway, stay tuned. There's more as we come to you live from Des Moines, Iowa. This is the Wild Rose Casino Studios of USA Takedown. Scott Casper, Kira Jones, more on the other side. USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short timeout. Welcome back. I think that's Pat Benatar, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. <laughs> I don't know why I focused on me being old today on the show, but uh, <laughs> that's some of the music that was part of my mid-career in radio broadcasting. Okay? Mid-career. First part of my career was news, news reading, WCCO in Minneapolis, uh, KX, uh, I'm sorry, K, KFIB, KITR in Creston. Uh, I've had so many great jobs in this, in the business, but one of them was affording me the opportunity to go on, on uh, sports talk. Okay. So this is Scott Casper. I've got some great news. The ESPN Des Moines is growing USA takedown America's wrestling, uh, uh, and the MMA talk show can now be heard every Friday morning, nine to 11 on one Oh two one FM and 1350 ESPN. You can join us as we broadcast live from the Wild Rose Casino Studios each and every Friday morning. As a matter of fact, you never know who will drop by or who who won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please make a plan to listen in to the legends of the sport every Friday morning, 1021 FM. Great sound, by the way. And 1350 ESPN. It's USA Takedown, brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Defense Soap. Yeah, I remember, was it? Last week, when we talked to, um, I'm so bad with names, and I bet he's listening, and I'm so sorry. His last name's Cox. He's the fighting promoter. Oh, Monty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't we talk to him? He was like, oh, yeah, you've got to book, like, X amount of people, because, you know, three-fourths of them won't show up. Well, it's it, like, oh, my gosh. That's, that's a lot, but generally, if you book 13 fights, you'll end up with 13 uh, thirteen battles uh excuse me 10 you take away three so it's about oh, a uh wow. 33 and a third i suppose yeah um but it's it's difficult that's one of the reasons i'm no longer a fight promoter i did not <laughs> like holding the hands of these guys who are brave when they sign the contract but when the contract is coming due guess what they're not so brave yeah. okay they start to have self-doubt perhaps that's one of the greatest wrestling uh, I'm sorry, greatest things that can happen 
with uh, wrestlers is the idea of getting rid of self-doubt. Know that you've been coached to that point, coached up to that point, and know that you can do it. And that's one of the best things about our sport. We talk to the greats every week, mm-hmm. Kira, and, and it's male or female. By the way, Tani at the Pro Fighters League mm-hmm. was so excited. We just literally shot the blank uh, on the phone for about an hour. And she said, you know, who who's really interesting to talk to is Tamira. She said Tamira, yes. actually. I said, you mean Tamira? I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. And I will say it probably until I no longer work here for some for whatever are you, are you leaving no 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 no, no, no. We no. don't panic no panicking <laughs> um but i would honestly give both of my kidneys to have tamira back on the show how many do you have uh both <laughs> okay so there's two all right <laughs> so there's still hope for me then if you're yeah no wait if you're giving her two how are you going to survive uh, i'll figure it out okay this is stuff they don't. I'm just saying, I would, I would honestly like sell my soul to have her back on the show. She was amazing. She was so great. It really was, and she is being courted heavily by Vince McMahon and the WWE. Uh, Vince has already signed uh, Gable Stevenson, University of Minnesota. Minnesota said, "Hey, we're going to get behind you on this effort, but you need to wrestle your senior year." And Gable said, "Not a problem." So he's there plus his name, image, and likeness uh, is being used by uh, the WWE. And boy, do they need talent. They have trimmed over 150 roster spots over the last uh, nine months, 10 months of the WWE, I mean, of the WWE roster. That's a lot of people, Mm. a lot of people. And wrestling may be changing before our very eyes. The folks at AEW um, would, would obviously agree with me. I was on the phone last night, late night, with uh, Jim Ross, the the great voice that is uh, professional wrestling, and uh, he's the lead commentator, the lead announcer for uh, AEW, the promotion that is largely winning the day. I I watched. They did a show this last uh, in the last few days. I think it was Wednesday, but live from the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York. Now it's been a while since we've seen a full house. Okay. This place seats 22,480 people. Okay? So you, you think about this, that place was sold out. Oh, my gosh. And it's the, the people that, that to bring you to the dance, right? Those are those wrestlers, male and female, that did their job in order to gain fan respect and uh, the tradition that is following your favorite athlete. Well, what we saw was... Uh, I think they sold twice as many tickets as did the WWE for an event that's going to be taking place this weekend. It tells me that there is some relevance to the history of our sport, the history of professional wrestling, and those that, if you recall my my interview, our interview with uh, uh, Marty Morgan, okay, the longtime assistant under J-Rob, his family is... Uh, I don't want to say this. I just want to say a bunch of carny folks, but they're not. <laughs> they're the uh, the uncles, the dad, everybody. Marty's uh, seniors all uh, performed in carnivals, traveling road shows, where the uh, uh, local strongman would challenge 
the wrestler or the fighter in the cage or in the ring, I should say. Uh, and it was interesting because you, what, what you got to see was, uh, you know, I can do this as a professional wrestler. I can do this every day, all day. And I don't really worry about losing because I have a secret weapon. And the secret weapon is the fourth side of the ring, okay, backs up to a uh, a curtain, okay? <laughs> so the wrestler would then position his challenger that's competing for the 1000 bucks or whatever's on the line to beat the professional. Uh, that guy will be backed up to the drape, and then the guy on the other side of the drapery would sap him. He would take a lead weight. Uh, oh. I know, I know. Oh my gosh. But that how, way nobody ever got paid. How are wrestlers still alive? Uh, <laughs> you guys, you guys are insane. <laughs> and and girls. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the um, way. Yeah, we should talk about that. Is it Iowa? I'm not from University of Iowa, Iowa. Right? Yeah. University of Iowa added a women's program, which is exciting. Um, I had a chance to talk with... Let's see, who was it? I'm going to page ahead here in my notes. Um, let's see. No, no, no. I'm getting close. By the way, Hunter Steber's been hired on at Ohio State as an assistant coach. And if you have been following Ohio State wrestling over the years, you'll recognize the name Hunter and his brother uh, who are doing great things. But finally... Uh, Tommy Ryan has put those two back together again. I think it's just absolutely terrific. So to go to your point, uh, wrestling fans, women's wrestling is officially coming to the University of Iowa. It's not just officially coming. It's already there uh, because they've already fundraised enough money for the girls to start arriving on campus. We're talking about Victoria Francis, Jordan Nelson, and Rachel Waters. Next week on this very program, Jordan Nelson and Rachel Waters will be joining us. Um, I'm not going to bother Victoria Francis right now, and I'll tell you why. She just had surgery uh, on her leg, and we need to have her sound mind, sound body. And so that's an interview that can wait for sure. But (laughs) she's a part of something big, and that is the very first uh, Division I uh, Power 5 school I don't even know what Power Five means anymore. Um, you don't I'm mean, the wrong person. No, else. you are. You're. You're <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> but the announcement that came out had Mike Moyers just absolutely grinning from ear to ear because he's been banging on this drum for a while, and the University of Iowa is providing the wherewithal in order to make it happen. And quite frankly, it makes uh, it puts Iowa back on the map in terms of being that. Uh, state where wrestling reigns supreme mm-hmm. so i'm very grateful for that where where do you see now that that program has been added what what do you think is the next domino to fall who do you think is next it's, i'm assuming I, another university oh, of in course. iowa uh, i'm going to say that it's probably iowa state mm-hmm. uh, minnesota probably because you remember minnesota's already authored um, the opportunity for women to wrestle or girls to wrestle in high school. They were before Iowa, okay? And everybody said, oh, Iowa's a wrestling state. I can tell you that in Pennsylvania, in Ohio, in Delaware, uh, uh, yeah, you see these many places, California, 
doesn't have as many opportunities for men, so I don't expect great things out of them over the next 10 years, but it's possible in California. That's one of the places where women's wrestling had its foundation. Now it's, of course, Colorado Springs. But what I what I look for is it is a domino effect. You're right, here, in that um, you're going to start seeing these guys because it will become an arms race, mm-hmm. okay? Iowa is probably best suited to to battle all comers right now because they have had this arms race going on for about the last five years in their building fund. So they're building a multi-million dollar facility that'll have a women's side and a men's side in competition in the middle. But the big matches, of course, will always take place at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, having announced there, having worked there at Carver Hawkeye, Heck, I had my, my very first concert, the Go-Go's, uh, as a promoter. I, I, I did the Go-Go. I have no idea how it happened. I still don't. I, I just remember I was there. <laughs> I was there. I said yes. Yeah. I got the money. I left. <laughs> Saw here, the concert. <laughs> yeah, here, here's the problem with the University of Iowa and many institutions like it. Um, in order to rent their facilities, you must hire so many of the people that they recommend, Mm -hmm. which generally puts every show into a bankrupt position, okay? Mm -hmm. So you're starting the negative, even if you sell a a Billy Joel show, okay? Even if you sell that, are the chances high that you're gonna make a bunch of money? No, they're really low. It's a great show. You know, I've been around Billy, what, three times so far? Uh, But I will suggest that, and his rates are not that far from reasonable, okay? He's highly respected. And he puts butts in seats. That's the important part. But when the university itself is starting to take money out of your butts in seats fund, okay, that's a that's a real problem. So that was, uh, I think, the Go Go's and then Billy Joel. Those are the last two shows I did at Carver Hawkeye, and I believe the the Go Go's were the first uh, Big Ten school to have a concert in a brand new facility. Oh. It's like you know the shows I did here in Des Moines with Red Skelton. At Vets Auditorium, well, that was the very first show to ever use uh, Ticketmaster. And, of course, you've heard of Ticketmaster, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I don't Are they still a thing? I don't know. But um, I learned a hard lesson. You don't sell front row seats. Yeah. Why? Because there's, there's only so many front row seats. Oh, so you, and, and, and <laughs> Instead, you would sell front section seats. Uh, that way you can expand it. If you're going great guns and you've already sold four rows, what's a fifth row? You're in the front section, mm. <laughs> and and I get to charge you a hundred bucks a ticket. You, you heard it here, folks. If yeah. you ever have a concert, mm-hmm. we're we're giving you some hot tips. And by the way, we're going to be talking with Travis Dvorak in hour number two today. And concerts are returning. Concerts, yeah. uh, large events, football, uh, basketball is going to be starting up pretty quick. Uh, wrestling, obviously, uh, they're doing their one day. Uh, I'm sorry, the first hour or two of practice every day, and then you're on your own for the second half of the day. But it'll be pretty soon. It'll be twice a day with many wrestling programs around the country. Those that want to succeed will continue to uh, do battle for that time on the mat. You're listening to USA Takedown. It's brought to you by Hear.com, great hearing aids and incredible prices, by Northwestern Mutual and Wild Rose Casino and Resorts, by PBS Landscaping, and by Mullet's Restaurant on Des Moines' south side. Has Danny taken you to Mullet's Chef for the hash browns? Uh, I, my friend took me because we were going to go see the Iowa Cubs and they got rained out. 
So we per- just walked over. That's going to say perfect place to go. Yep. <laughs> Bring uh, out. I'm going to Mott's. Yep. It was so packed. Yeah. It was packed, mm-hmm. but it was such a cute restaurant. It's yeah. really nice. Great it's fun. Theme. Oh, yeah. And people don't realize that there are a lot of folks out there that still sport the mullet. Randy Couture, a mm-hmm. good friend on the program. Um, I, I don't know why I said on the program. It's a great friend, period. Um, but anyway, Randy had a, a rockin' mullet when at Oklahoma State learning uh, uh, German. He was he was learning to speak German. And really? Learned, yeah, and now he's uh, a toll road in the enforce. Uh, what's that movie series called? The Unbreakables, Untouchables. Expendables. 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 That's incredible. Next time we have him on, we'll have to have a conversation in German without you. Oh, right. <laughs> I, <laughs> wait, what? Because yeah. you speak German? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I the, studied... Did you mean to say ja? Ja, ja. Ich habe <laughs> Deutsch studiert <laughs> by, no by uh, uni und auch uh, high school. <laughs> and she swore at all folks those of you that do speak uh, i said i studied german yes. in college and okay. high school <laughs> and where did you go to college uh i went to truman state university truman state nebraska nope <laughs> missouri oh missouri <laughs> I, I thought they're missouri. in nebraska huh. i don't know <laughs> speaking of nebraska Travel delognev has a brand new job and that as an assistant coach uh, under Mark Manning at the University of Nebraska. By the way, Mark will be on in the next week or two. Uh, the shows are getting filled up quickly, as you might guess. Next up for competition will be Oslo, Norway. Mm. And next week we'll have a guest on from Oslo, Norway. Okay. And we're going to be doing this uh, like we did with our guest from uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's via Facebook. I'm so grateful that yeah. our computer system here in the station saw fit to put in uh, a computer that handles that type of thing, but outstanding uh, quality. And we're going to be talking to him and learning more about his time in wrestling and the country that is Norway. All right, stay tuned. There's more of the program coming up on the other side. This portion of the program brought to you by Presbyterian College, Blue Hose Wrestling Program, Defense Soap, on 1021 FM 1350 ESPN Des Moines Sports Leader. Stay tuned. Casper will be right back with more USA Takedown. Stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. All right, good morning, everybody. It is uh, Jones and Casper. Yeah, she gets lead billing today. It's <laughs> on, on our brand new affiliate, 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN, Des Moines Sports Leader. And now you can listen on usatakedown.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and the iHeart app. Thanks to our very talented producer, Inkira Jones. All right, so we had a great conversation with uh, Ryan LeBlanc. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Jordan Oliver. We'll get him rebooked if we need to. Uh, but we go to our next guest. You've heard me talk a little bit about, well, quite a bit actually, about the Pro Fighters League. Uh, it's a, a system and a competition that definitely benefits somebody that's been a part of a team. Okay. He joins us now. This is Chris Wade of the Pro Fighters League. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Hey, good morning. How are you? How's I'm good. You, you got your start competitively in wrestling. How old were you? Oh, wow. So I got started in wrestling 
Jeez, I was probably in like the second or the third grade when the flyer came home, and my dad saw it in my like uh, my folder. He had wrestled a little <laughs> bit, and that's when he was like, "I think I'm going to take you and your brother down there and see what this program's about." And that was kind of like the start of it. So I would say in third grade, what you're like, maybe nine. I, I was think probably like eight or nine. And so eight or nine years old, and you're out of Rockville Center, New York, right? No, so I'm actually, I was born at the hospital is Rockville Center in New York, so that that comes up a lot because um, in some paperwork they ask you, like, place of birth, and you have to put that, but I'm actually, I grew up in Islip in uh, Suffolk County, New York. And you went, on to, yeah, you went on to attend Islip High School, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's right. So many great wrestlers are from Long Island. Nick Gallo, of course, the, one of the games. Yeah, the, well, I know him. Nicky. And his kid. I have a picture of me and uh, Nick and then me and Nick's son standing outside the Madison suite at, at Madison Square Garden. Okay. No. And it was, oh, really? it, it was my, my night to, to do something good for other people. In that case, our sponsor, and it was ASICS at the time. But that, uh, that, that week, that entire week in New York City was just remarkable. But it was great. Yeah, I know. I know he was involved. He might still be involved with Asics, but I know like he always had the best wrestling shoes and like all the prototypes. <laughs> yeah, he did, and he still does. But I'm not sure yeah. if they're still repping Asics because companies made certain demands on uh, uh, you know countrywide sponsors or countrywide distributors where they can or cannot meet the uh, the financial requirements to add the sport. So our guest, by the uh, way, Chris Wade, Pro Fighters League. Um, talk to us a little bit about the changeover. Uh, I mean, you were a national finalist for Nassau Community College in the JUCO category. Um, what was the changeover like for you going to MMA? Did you first start with kickboxing or what? Yeah, that's actually exactly what I did. My concern, I knew that I could fight because, unfortunately, you know, just like growing up, uh, rough and tumble down here on Long Island and I've been in fights before so I knew I could but I wanted to see like at a higher level a more technical level could I actually stand on my feet and hang with with uh people without using my wrestling right away so I decided to do kickboxing for like um a solid I would say year year and a half where I only competed in kickboxing I probably had like four kickboxing fights during that time and they all went really well. And that's when I started to get a little bit of a foundation for my striking. And that was the point where after like a year or so of that, I transitioned into mixed martial arts competing. I transferred into mixed martial arts from boxing. Okay. Had the wrestling okay. background already, but my transition was out, uh, born out of uh, the hatred I had for the managers of these top level boxers when they were colluding yeah. with each other to drop a fight or to, you know, make sure they had three, uh, three bouts. And, and quite frankly, that's not why you fight. You win, you fight to win. Okay. I, I asked Randy Couture, I said, dude, I said, you know, you and I can talk about anything and everything, but you know, what's it like getting hit? He said, the goal of a fighter is to not get hit and to end the fight as quickly as possible. Is that still true with you? Yeah, I play. So Randy is another guy that I like. I hold in high esteem because you know he's a wrestler and he gets it. And they 
some of these promoters they they basically make their fortune off of like off of the blood of the fighters right. and uh, blood, sweat, and tears of the fighters. Some of them, and uh, they they want you to do as much damage as you possibly can to each other within the time frame allowed, so that the fans are entertained and they make their money. But Randy has it right. The idea of getting in a fight is to not get hit, not get beat up. <laughs> And to uh, get out, in and out of there as quickly as you can. So um, I don't know. You know, the public obviously loves just to be entertained, and I get it. Um, but I also, being an athlete competing in this sport, I appreciate guys like a, like a Randy Couture who can handle someone, control them against their will, not take any damage, and then get a sub or get a TKO and get out of there. That's great. One of your remarkable wins was over Frankie Perez, July 22, 2017. And the judges, it went to the scorecards, 29-28, 29-28. What are your thoughts after two judges are heard from before we go to judge number three? Yeah, well, um, then I started racking through my head where I, I want to know. I'm like trying to think about what round did I give up what round did i lose here and even the last fight i that i just had with bubba jenkins and i and i thought i dominated the whole fight and then they read off a card and then he's like judge so-and-so scored a 29 28 and then uh, yeah i made a face because it's like what is that guy watching what was he watching <laughs> you gotta remember most judges were boxing corners or judges prior to mma so uh, for the longest time and big john will tell you this uh, for the longest time, uh, judges did not know how to score a combination of wrestling, jiu-jitsu, boxing. Uh, part of it, obviously, they're going to get right. But the other parts, maybe they're not getting it uh, close enough to being right. And uh, and Big John McCarthy absolutely wrote a lot of the rules that we see now in mixed martial arts. And uh, thankfully, he's a, pr he's a friend of the show. His, I don't know if you know this, Chris. His dad was a cop in L.A., uh, Big John McCarthy. John's, yeah. Yeah. So John told me, he says, his dad was so rough, so uh, hardcore, he would take his badge off his shirt and then put it on his bare naked shoulder or arm, right? Right above the uh, bicep. And just stick the pin into his skin and then walk around having a beer in his hand with him. That's tough. I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Really? Yeah, that's a great story. And you heard it here first on USA Takedown. All right, so you made a big decision in parting with the UFC uh, after that bout in 2017 and signed a contract with the PFL in 2018. Looking back on that, what was that decision like for you? Was it tough? Well, I mean, it was a, yeah, it was, it's, it sucked at the time, and uh, I think it had cost me probably my next fight, which was the first fight in the PFL, because I was just so so down in it mentally um, from everything that was going on. You know, they were me they were messing around with me where I think I probably in early on in my career when I was going up and up in the UFC, and I had almost climbed to top fifteen pretty much. Right. Uh, right around that time, I had a top 15 bout in, in the lightweight division. So I was doing a lot of it on my rest, on my grappling and on my wrestling. And they don't, you know, Dana White doesn't like that. And, uh, 
they they want you to stand and and bang and swing. So they kind of just started to uh, strangle me financially, not give me fights, tell me that they'll uh, you know they'll they'll do my next contract when they get me an opponent. And I, I live in New York. My uh, cost of living is pretty high. Mm-hmm. The best pace up here. So um, my manager uh, and I decided, you know, after having a heart-to-heart conversation that we needed to go out and look elsewhere to get, uh, make sure that I could take care of my family and do the things I need to do up here. So that was when uh, the PFL and I came together at the perfect time, really. It's about time that an organization had the fighter's best interest in mind in everything, and they truly do. Uh, our friend Tony Cox, uh, part of the uh, media liaison core of the PFL, and I have been talking an awful lot lately, about an hour last night on the on the conversation, she said, you're going to love Chris. You're going to love him. So here I am, absolutely uh, the best. Good job out of you on the program. You you lost your promotional debut in the PFL against Nathan yeah. Schulte on PFL 2. That was June 21 of 2018. We fast forward. A lot of promotions would have cut you and certainly not paid you what you know you're worth. But you're uh, set to face Yuki Kawana at PFL 5 just a couple months later. So from June 21, 2018 to August 7, excuse me, 2nd, 2018. And you won that fight via first round guillotine choke submission. Now, the, here's, here's the deal. What I have with that. That rear naked choke or the uh, uh, first round guillotine choke, however you want to put it, and however you choose to win, that's what makes the audience uh, not just buy into ticket prices, but pay-per-views as well. You absolutely performed above expectation at that point, and you were on a roll with PFL. Talk to us about that ex- um, expensive night for the PFL, but more than anything, what did that mean to your future? Well, I mean, that was uh, really a turning point for me because mm-hmm. I came in, into the locker room after losing the Schultz fight, and I, like, I was really just about had enough um, mentally. I was telling my coaches, like, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. And uh, he was like, listen, man, you might, you might be, you might not be, but he's like, now in the locker room, if right after your fight is not the time that you make decisions like that. And it kind of stuck with me and I was able to like regroup mentally and realize that the PFL runs a playoff format. So I had another fight to score bonus points in their format and still make the playoffs. And that's when I decided to just get my head right and, uh, go out and try to finish, uh, Yuki as quickly as I could and be as exciting as I could show them, um, that I have those other things too, that they're in my arsenal. And that was a, that was a great night. That was a night that, uh, man, I'm so thankful for it. Cause I'm, I'm here still right. competing and I'm in this position because of that night. So, well, you know what the, the PFL has dozens and dozens of fighters, male and female, including the great, uh, Clarissa Shields. She is an absolute beast, uh, and I'm, I'm wondering what that pay per view, or wonder what that buy rate will be, and how much she's actually going to take home from that fight. I don't know, but I I hope I hope it's a lot, because it's fights like that, fights like you have had, that absolutely make the UFC kind of look ridiculous in their uh, mode of 
business. In other words, how they do business. And they take away belts, they take away fights, they take away income from the fighters, the corners, and those that train. And so our, our thought is that the PFL is not only doing it right, we're putting at least one interview a week uh, for the PFL on hold. So in other words, whoever Tani gets, that's who we're going to be talking to. And I hope there's uh, a, 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 I hope the women's uh, uh, division of the PFL continues to grow. Uh, and Chris, having been a wrestler in, in whether it's junior high, high school or uh, middle school, junior high, high school, uh, whether it's that level or going on the collegiate wrestling in the JUCO division three, two, and one, um, the, the, the obvious thing that took place yesterday or the day before was that the university of Iowa would become the very first power five school to add a women's wrestling program. So in your mind, I, is this, is, is this, uh, enough? Are we going to start seeing the big programs all, all around the country start adding division one wrestling? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, my thoughts on it are that it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's great news. And I think the future, um, hopefully holds where, um, women can score and, and earn, Division One scholarships and right. compete and win national titles because I've been watching them compete at the Olympic level and it's very entertaining and um, they're very tough and they belong out there on the mat. There's no question about that. And but the, the hard part about the wrestling community is we can't even keep our existing men's D one programs consistently. We're losing some of those. So right. I think you know the whole sport just needs needs uh, a boost, and we need more programs in general, male and female. Bubba Jenkins uh, was the last bout that I have you on record as at PFL 9. Bubba's yeah. been on the show. I've had dinner with Bubba and his mom. Don't ever take her out to dinner in New York City, okay? <laughs> Don't do it because what she'll do is order a $200 bottle, dollar bottle of wine, and I'm on the tab. I'm, I'm on the hook. I don't even remember what the name of the restaurant was. I was just so upset. She could have ordered a glass of wine. No, she orders a whole damn bottle. Okay. Anyway, so 20, you know what I'm saying? And Bubba's a yeah. great guy. Okay. He's a great guy. I helped him out when he needed help. And, uh, you know, he's going to continue to fight until people don't pay him. Uh, and that's probably the best thing I can say about Bubba. But 20 wins, six losses. And here's the deal, folks. Only one knockout on his record. And I'm talking about Chris, okay? One, excuse me, five wins by submission. But by decision, dude, what are you, are you crazy letting the, the fights go to the judges? I mean, that has got to be the most uh, difficult thing for me in the fight business or wrestling is when you have uh, the opportunity for the officials to make the absolute decision. Many of them cannot count. You know that, Chris. I do, I know. And, uh... It's something that I try to avoid, you know, in the situation with the fight with Bubba. I mean, I felt like the fight was in hand for sure, um, mm-hmm. but he was just a little bit too tough to be able to put away. Um, and sometimes it goes like that, you know, when when you when you get tough uh, competition, it's one of those deals, you know. I'm sure um, that. David Taylor wanted to pin his way through the Olympics, but then, you know, you get to those tough bouts and you got to 
you got to do what you got to do to get a win as close as possible. It's a little different because there's no scoring in MMA. So, you know, when the bout ends, you don't know who won because they just make a decision. There's no, there's no score. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird thing. You know, in wrestling, you could win by fall or tech and get off the mat early, which is great. And everyone knows who won and you dominated. You had a great night. But you could also win, you know, six nothing. In in uh in fighting terms, I feel like I like major decision bubba, you know, but then you go wait for judges to agree with everybody. <laughs> yeah. <a> strange thing. <laughs> everybody in the audience has got it right, normally. Uh right. all right. Chris, we're out of time, brother. It's really great to talk to you, get to know yeah. you, but we'll do it again soon. When's when do we uh next expect to see you uh on a card? So I am in the million dollar finals That's on it. October 27th. How cool is that? A million bucks. And they're doing this several times uh, a year. So there's like four or five million bucks on the line at any time. PFL doing it right. Chris Wade has been our guest from the PFL. He'll be competing on the 27th or 28th of October. You're going to want to make sure you tune into that pay-per-view and watch Chris take home all the greenbacks. Chris, thanks for the time, bud. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. All right. It's our pleasure. Chris Wade of the PFL. All right. Stay tuned. There's more uh, program around the corner. Next up, we're scheduled to talk with Braxton Amos. You remember he won freestyle gold in Russia. Then he said, yeah, I'm over here. I might as well go ahead and compete on behalf of the United States. And I'll compete in Greco. We'll tell you how that ends up on the other side of the break. This is USA Takedown. You know you like it. Have no fear. The True American will be right back with more USA Takedown. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Top of the hour, and we head down to the uh, the greatest event. Of course, that is our number two. All right, and for those of you who are pretending you're <laughs> judges and keeping score at home, the about so far is 28-29, 28-30, Split decision? You know it. All right. Do me a favor. Uh, scheduled uh, on this program, you're going to love these two interviews. Travel DeLugnev has been named the uh, new assistant coach at the University of Nebraska. He was already their club coach, if you will, uh, and regional training center director. He'll be joining us a little bit later on in this hour. But we start with perhaps one of the greatest stories in our sport over the last many years. Young talent, Braxton Amos, stunned the Greco field to reach the finals at the U.S. Olympic trials. That was the beginning of the story for many of you, all right? But this young man, okay, 19 years old, out of Fort Worth, Texas, I do believe, but wrestling for the Wisconsin Regional Training Center, then the number six seed at 97 kilos in Greco reached the championship series. And, and, and people were thinking that Braxton was m- merely a, 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 a freestyle wrestler. He joins us now. Braxton, good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, buddy. I was trying to describe your thighs to my in-studio producer. I said, his thighs are bigger than you are around, Kira. And uh, I don't know how much... You and I talked a little bit about this last night, but um, how much time you spend weight training in the off season versus weight training in the uh, season where you're really putting wrestling out there first and foremost? What is that um, split like? You know, like in the off season, you know, obviously we're training freestyle Greco, so 
where uh, it, it, it's, it goes in cycles. You know, one cycle will go, you know, heavy, heavy lifting. Um, and then another cycle will do, you know, functional training the closer we get to, to competition. So, I mean, <clears throat> right now in preseason, you know, they're running us a lot, lifting us heavy. Um, and then I think the plan is once, once it gets closer and closer to that, uh, to that home opener against Buffalo, uh, we'll start kind of tapering things off and, and making sure that our wrestling's ready to go. You know, you look at your career and the, the, the stop for me was when you were, uh, wrestling in the, um, uh, the U S Olympic trials. Okay. That's, that's when I stopped and really started to pay attention. You qualified in two disciplines. You took out number two seed, Lucas Sheridan. Okay. And then you bested the number four seed, Nick Boykin. He's been on the show. Uh, but you also took home with you a whole lot of respect from the wrestling public out there. Uh, initially when you and I were first speaking, uh, you were coming back from where was it? Russia? Uh, I think so. Okay. And, 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 you know, a guy like you should be the leader of a program anyway, because you're that good. But you said something very endearing to me. You said, I got to make sure I'm doing it right. I don't want anybody to be upset with me for accepting an interview. So we got to go through channels. So you and I become friends because of that. But I found a great respect for you in telling me that there are people above you at, at Wisconsin, by the way, great campus. Uh, great pizza up in Wisconsin, too, by the way. Um, but th- in becoming a Badger, you realize at that point there's a much bigger picture than just you and two, and two uh, disciplines, freestyle and Greco. It's about being a part of that team, that image that is Badger wrestling. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I've always had kind of a team-first mentality. Um, you know, I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to uh, to make sure that my team – uh, is the best it can be, whether that's, you know, uh, you know, hosting recruits or, or just, you know, talking about how great, how great the program is here. Um, you know, I'm, I've always kind of had a, had a team first mentality, um, even through, through high school. So, right. I mean, it's really no different only, only now, you know, the caliber's, the caliber of guys are, are better and it's, it's more competitive. So, I mean, that's kind of what's pushing me day in and day out is, you know, what am I willing to do to make my team the best it can be? And you know what, that thought that I have, uh, about guys like you, I put you guys on a pedestal, uh, some more deserving than others. You absolutely earned that right. And that honor, but I need to remember that you are a student first and an athlete second. And that's hard for anybody in my position to be able to judge that and to be able to swallow that idea. Okay. Um, you yeah. you talk to us about that bout you had in the finals against Giangelo Hancock. Tracy is a great guy, right? Outstanding wrestler. But what are your thoughts after looking back at that match? Um, you know, I thought my match with him, uh, could have gone better for me. I mean, obviously getting, <laughs> getting teched twice pretty quick, uh, you know, isn't, isn't the greatest way to end your, uh, end your run. But, you know, I thought it was a good, a good test of where I'm at. Right. Tracy was a match or two away from meddling at the Olympics. Um, so, you know, now I kind of have, 
have kind of the 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 checkpoint to know where uh where I stand and what I have to do to to do you know great things on the senior level in Greco. You know, one of the things that I, I I guess I don't talk about this enough, but you too have heroes in the sport. For me, Randy Couture's up there, Chuck Liddell, uh, in mixed martial arts I'm, I'm talking about, but in wrestling, of course we do the show because of Gable, right? Um, you know, when I was at Iowa, Gable made the wrestling room a, a sanctuary for me. He invited me in and let me hang out with the wrestlers. And many of them became great friends. And I just wonder who are those that you look up to in the sport? Who, who kept you involved early and who do you aspire to be more like? Um, you know, I, I've, I've looked up to a lot of guys, uh, in the past. I mean, JB, um, is definitely one of those. Jordan Burroughs, um, right? Yeah. Kyle Snyder, Jaden Cox, you know, those guys, um, that are, you know, a generation or two ahead of me. And then, you know, I, I grew up hearing stories about Dave Schultz from, uh, from Moran. So, I mean, I've, I've kind of set, you know, them on a pedestal as far as, all right, I want to be like them when I grow up or, uh, or be better than them if, if I can be, you know, and if, if the sport lets me, you know, wrestle that long and, 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 you know, compete to that level. You know, you mentioned Dave Schultz, his widow, Nancy's been on the show many times, a great friend, but, um, and we cherish that because that story is the story of wrestling. Whether you like the ending of Dave's life or not, that family that enjoyment of our sport in his simplicity to breaking it down to the commonest, uh, common most uh, uh, terms. I will tell you this, Dave Schultz had a great time in this sport until his life was so tragically taken away from us by uh, John DuPont. And to be in that movie, uh, Foxcatcher was a real joy for me because it was a movie where wrestling played a part. The movie was never going to be about helping wrestling recover all that it's lost over these many years. But it, more than anything, was talking about the the illness that was John DuPont and and those that were around him, uh, including Dave Schultz, Mark Schultz as well. But, you know, when Nick Gallo from ASICS is in, second time for the show, right, Kira? Uh, when Nick Gallo uh, is in the movie as an official, okay? Uh, but you think about it, all those guys that were in the movie we're hoping that it would be a rah-rah for the sport, but it wasn't. It was more about John DuPont's uh, downward decline and a quickening decline into insanity. And so he did die, thankfully, in prison, thankfully. And, uh, you know, his ashes were scattered, I'm sure. Uh, Braxton Amos, our guest. Braxton, I appreciate your thought, though. I want to ask you about Wisconsin because Chris Bono is the first guy that said, hey, this was at a pay-per-view. Kevin Jackson had his table. Uh, many of the greats from Iowa State were at that table. And in intermission, now get to remember, I'm working with Don King, Bob Arams that night uh, and doing a, a, a main uh, main event that featured a seven foot two boxer out of Detroit named uh, Julius the Towering Infernal Long versus um, uh, uh, my fighter, our fighter at the time, that was Ty Railroad uh, Fields. Okay? He was. Men, 285 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal is what this guy was. <laughs> He's fresh out of San Diego State. But, dude, if it's that 
that time when Chris Bono said to me, he said, would you ever consider announcing a professional, uh, or excuse me, a collegiate wrestling event? I said, absolutely. What, what do you got in mind? He said, can you start this Sunday? So that's like a few days away. I said, what are you looking for? And he said, of course, we want Iowa State to win. So I said, you know what? Here's the deal. I'll come up and do it. I'm going to piss off a whole lot of folks from University of Iowa if I do my job right. And I did, and I did. <laughs> so Chris Bono was the guy that actually said, hey, we need to have you in wrestling as a announcer. You can do the radio show all you want, but as an announcer, they put me in, in front of the Iowa State faithful as they welcomed Iowa, um, the University of Iowa. Recently, it was announced that University of Iowa was going to be adding a women's program. Is that above your pay grade? Are you hearing about the possibilities of Wisconsin doing the same thing? What are your thoughts? Um, you know, that's that's above my pay grade. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm I'm probably one of the lowest guys on the totem pole. Um, even even with you know accolades and everything else, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a team guy. I'm not I'm not admin. I'm not coaches. I'm, no, I'm nothing else. You know, I'm. I know we have a great women's RTC right. uh, rolling right now. Um, you know, we have two girls going to Serbia this year on the U23 team. So, you know, I, outside of that, I have no idea, man. That's that's, that's pretty exciting, though. My uh, <laughs> my job right now consists of uh, doing a ton of homework and, uh, and showing up to practice on time and working hard. Because of your head coach, Chris Bono, I was able to announce the entire career of one John Reeder. Uh, Johnny, of course, uh, has turned out to be an incredible coach, great father, tremendous husband, but what does he mean to you and your teammates? Oh man, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. You know, it's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's there every step of the way for us, you know, and, and Gross and Coach Bono are too. Um, but you know, it, when, even when, you know, like today, you know, practice was, was a grinder, you know, earn, earn your weekend type of stuff. Um, and, you know, the entire time readers right there beside us doing everything that we're doing and, and being encouraging, you know, not, not yelling and screaming um, at us, more yelling and uh, trying to get us excited for, for the next, next live go or the next sprint. So, I mean, having him in the room is awesome. You know, one of the things we forget is that just because you were good today, doesn't mean six months from now others haven't caught up with you. The same faces you're going to see a lot of the same faces across the mat. What weight are you scheduled to wrestle this year? Yeah, so I'm going 197 this year. Wow. Um, yeah, you know it's um, you know it's it's a little bit lower than than what I typically wrestle, but you know that's that's where I've wanted to wrestle in college. Um, you know since since I can remember, um, you know. But, really starting to get recruited. You know, I've always been saying, you know, I'm a 197, I'm a 197. And now it's time to, uh, to, to prove it to everybody that, Hey, you know, even though, you know, I wrestled to 13 point, whatever, uh, at worlds, you know, I can still get down to weight and I can still compete, uh, with the best guys in America. I love that attitude. Braxton Amos, our guest and West Virginia doesn't really get the rep as, uh, as a state in the sport of wrestling that it should, uh, perhaps you're one of the great things that has come out of West Virginia, but you know, people, uh, kind of represent West Virginia's basically country roads and, and, uh, uh, coal mines. What are your thoughts about being from West Virginia? Um, you know, I love, I love representing, uh, you know, West Virginia, you know, it's, it's, 
for for as small of a state as it is, it, it carries a lot of weight. Um, as far as you know, everything from from you know people reaching out to to Twitter to Instagram to, mm-hmm. to everything else, you know, it's representing you know my my home state has been has been an honor and a privilege for the last uh, you know twenty years. Um, and you know, I just I hope I can do them proud uh, going forth in the future. Braxton, uh, because of the comp- confidence with which you wrestled, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I gotta I gotta ask you about this because once you win a freestyle gold medal, okay, the world's whatever. When you do that, obviously people are standing up and taking notice. So, how much did you go up in terms of percentage on Twitter? How many friends did you have on Twitter and on oh, Facebook? <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Let me look. Hang on. It's, uh, so it, I got. It's a lot. It, it was like probably double. Wow. Doubled everything. You know, everything <laughs> doubled pretty quick after uh, after the world championships. <laughs> All right. Know, I uh, love that. I love it. Did you hear that? It was. Uh, it was interesting. That's how we. That's how we have to face this program. You got to turn me back into a wrestler. Number one, I got to drop a couple hundred pounds. That means I'll weigh two fifty nine or. No, I'll, I'll weigh 59 pounds. But then I could probably compete with some junior high schools. <laughs> okay. <coughs> we'll, we'll get on that. <laughs> okay, thank uh, you. That is something I'm actually kind of curious about because um, I'm going to level with you. I know the very, very basics of wrestling. And that's saying a lot. Um, what? How, how do you handle the changes in your body when you're, I mean... It sounds like you're trying to drop close to like 20 pounds pretty quick. So how do you, how do you handle that? How do you do that? Um, you know, we have, you know, we have some of the best strength and conditioning and, uh, and mm-hmm. nutritionists in the world working here at UW. I mean, Nick and Billy are, uh, our nutritionist and our, and our strength and conditioning coach. I mean, they're, they're you know, top notch level guys. Um, who are, who are amazing at their jobs. Um, and so, you know, they, we put together a plan to, uh, to execute right after I got back from worlds and, uh, you know, we're, we're making, making adjustments throughout, you know, throughout the process. Um, you know, whether it's, Hey, my, uh, my foot's hurting a lot from running the last week, let's change something up. You know, let's, let's start biking and, and doing, uh, you know, other things to, to up my cardio to, uh, Hey, you know, if I eat red meat, I don't feel as great as if I eat like chicken and fish. So let's change something there. You know, they, you know, these guys, like I said, are the best in the world at their jobs. So, I mean, I just, I trust them. And then I trust our coaches to, to make sure that, you know, holding me accountable to doing the right things on top of, uh, me holding myself accountable. And being accountable to the sport, of which you are an incredible part of, Junior Freestyle Gold in freestyle, and then Greco-Roman Bronze, all in the span of about five days. Outstanding job out of you today. I knew it was going to be a good interview, and I'm confident we'll do it again. But um, I, I still, in, in reference to your question about how do you handle uh, weight and weight differences and the change in your body throughout the season, even as we're growing, right? And and believe me, if you're 21 years old, 19 years old, your body's still growing. It's going to change. 
but I've watched Chris Bono go to the very end of his competitive career when I was in Las Vegas in a uh, hotel lobby watching him on a stretcher being rehydrated with an IV in his arm, okay? That's what is scary to me. If you're doing this just to cut weight or make a weight, uh, maybe we need to look at our sport a little more closely. Braxton Amos has done just that. He's been our guest from the University of Wisconsin, the home of Chris Bono, Johnny Reeder, and uh, Mitch Hall. There's so many folks up there in Wisconsin that absolutely. Matter of fact, Rich Bender, the uh, executive director of USA Wrestling, is from Wisconsin as well. It just goes on and on. The Ringling Brothers from Baraboo, Wisconsin. Yeah, great circus folk. We talked a little bit about circus, right? Anyway, Braxton, good to talk to you, brother. I wish you continued success. The competition is what's in front of us now within the Big Ten. I know you're going to be prepared to win and move on to the NCAAs. I'm so excited for the balance of your career. It's hard for me to believe that you're the age that you are because you've accomplished so much. Good job out of you today. Thank you. I hope you have a great rest of your day, buddy. You've made my day. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Tell the coaches I said hi and the rest of your teammates. We are following Badger Wrestling, and you should too. Look for him on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's Braxton Amos. More on the other side of the program. This portion of the show brought to you by Mullet's Restaurant on 1st Street in downtown Des Moines, just by the ballpark, the Chow Hall for wrestlers and fans, and by our friends at Here.com. Great hearing aids, great prices, incredible customer service, and yeah, they love wrestling. Stay tuned. I do too. We'll be back after this short timeout. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Joe Rogan said, that stuff is awesome. I just ordered a ton of it and use it every day. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. Just got a text message from Eli Elger. He's been in the studio, right? And, of course, you remember his dad. Kind of a big deal. Royce Alger, one of the great coaches for Team USA in terms of club-level coaches. And, of course, that's Titan Mercury Wrestling Club. So good morning to each and every one of you, including the Alger Bunch. All right. It was not that long ago. Matter of fact, it's been within a week or so when Mark Manning, excuse me, Coach Mark Manning said this. We're ex- extremely excited to announce the addition of Travell. And really, does he need a last name? He really doesn't. He's one of the best uh, wrestlers in the history of the sport on on, on behalf of the United States. is Travel DeLagna. Tra- uh, Travel, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Glad to be on. You know, when you were on this show to talk about your gig as the uh, the director of wrestling for the regional training center at Lincoln, right? I wondered how yeah. long it would take for them to add you as an assistant coach of the program, how will your, your duties change? Um, they don't, I mean, they don't change that much. Obviously, everyone, you know, the way the college landscape is, everyone kind of shares in the duties of the RTC. Everyone shares. And then the RTC coach, you know, is pivotal in the development of the college guys along with the RTC athletes. So the wrestling wise, I mean, obviously a little bit more compliance, a little bit more office work, but the general scope of, how I will help and um, where I'm useful, I think, will remain pretty much intact. You know, one of the things I hate about college wrestling is the uh, the people that are, 
you have to deal with, and it's people from compliance. It's their job to make sure you're following rules, regs, and all that. But they're also like that guy, well, did he see me do that? Am I doing it wrong? He's looking at me funny. Um, there's so much pressure. But you've been around some really great people in the sport of wrestling. You know, you think about where you started in Arlington, Texas, uh, to where you are today as one of the great coaches in the country. Highly respected for your wrestling uh, 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 knowledge. Yeah, that's what I want to say. But you are very much respected by guys like Tom Ryan, by Mark Manning. Two guys legitimately could be cut out of the same bolt of cloth. Um, What does that mean to you? Because you put in the work to win medals and win championships, uh, no matter how you've fared at the very end of a particular tournament or event. But, you know, these people respect your knowledge and your ability to coach. Talk to us a little bit about that, because for some, that could be a monumental weight to carry around. Um, I mean, obviously, I just think the word that comes to mind is gratitude. Mm. I think that, you know, it's I'm just grateful that people believe in me. Obviously, those same people I've learned a lot from along the way. The people that believe in you as an athlete pour into you, you learn, um, you see how they operate, you see how they treat people, and you know I'm, you know I'm I'm a big cauldron of imitation, right? That's most most people. I mean, very very few of my ideas I think are unique to me. I think it's just imitating you know, great leaders, great mentors, great wrestlers in the past. So uh, it's, I'm grateful that people, you know, see me as that and, and respect me as a coach because it is something I love to do, and I do want to be great at it. So right. um, that's 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 important. And it's a jury of your peers in the sport of wrestling when Bruce Baumgartner knows not just who Turvell is, but has that respect for your ability. Uh, between then and now, I think wrestling is more difficult today than it was uh, when Bruce was wrestling, okay? Even though he amassed a treasure trove of, of championships and medals. And by the way, I'll, I'll just share with you this. I asked Bruce when visiting him at Edinburgh. He was the athletic director at the time, former head coach. But I remember asking him, you know, I'm in his office. I said, where, where are all the medals and, and, and awards. And he said, they're probably in a storage locker. I really have no idea. That was the best kept secret at Edinburgh. Was, uh, did Bruce Baumgartner wrestle? I mean, sometimes <laughs> you're never, <clears throat> you're never a star in your own hometown, but Travell, I believe that you made a home for yourself at uh, Nebraska Kearney. <clears throat> Pardon me. And Nebraska Kearney now is the home of Andrew Sorensen, who's going to be on the show next week. Okay. And Dalton Jensen's there too. But, um, you know, going back as you have many times to help with fundraising and raising the awareness of, of, uh, the sport on campus and to the community has been an absolute joy for you. We've talked about this before, but even more so today, I got to believe that's a tremendous honor to be, uh, to have that bestowed upon you and that of, uh, the jury of your peers, as it were. Uh, you know, voting for you as a person, not just a wrestler, but it's important for you to be a good person, right? Absolutely. I think that's obviously the most important. I mean, your career is your career. You try to do your best, but I do think that you're always handicapped by your character. So if you're only working on your reputation and what people see 
then you just, you know, you won't reach your potential. You won't, you won't value relationships correctly. So definitely who you are, your character. And, you know, obviously my faith plays the major role in that. And that's, you know, that's my, that's my worldview. And, um, I bounce everything off of my faith. And so that's why it's, it's more than just wrestling for me because I definitely, I found my way, I found my way to Christ through wrestling, Mm -hmm. the relationship I made in wrestling. And so that's, uh, that's why it's very special. And that's why I see it, you know, it's, it's, it's my wrestling and, and my career in wrestling and my road in wrestling is very much blended into my worldview and how I see the world. You know, I remember you and I were on a bus. I think it was Los Angeles and we were doing a weigh in somewhere at a, I think a high school. And, um, I asked you, how are you feeling? Because you weren't talking an awful lot about it, but we knew there was problems with your back. And my question to you is, how are you feeling, uh, then versus how are you feeling now in terms of your back and the injury that you uh, sustained? It's gotten better. You know, it's definitely gone from chronic pain to more of like an ache. So, I mean, I still feel it day to day, but it's not, it's more, it's definitely more livable. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sturdier. I found a, you know, a workout routine and, and the amount of minutes I can tolerate. So it's kind of finicky. If I, if I, if I stop doing anything, it hurts. And if I do too much, it hurts. Mm. So I have to stay in a, in a good consistent zone. So I'll wrestle, I'll wrestle pretty hard, you know, maybe two times a week. And then, uh, and then I try to just do very, just safe, safe, kind of therapy type lifting, you know, just keep my body durable. So it's, 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 it's getting better. How much interaction did you and Mark Manning have prior to your arrival in Lincoln? Uh, a lot. I mean, over the years, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Uh, obviously Burroughs and I were on the same teams from 11 to 16. Right. So that's when we kind of, you know, coach Manning and, and Snyder were always around. And then once James got on the scene, even more so. And so I was around them a lot. I wish and, you, I, I wish you had been around for now when athletes are being uh, offered the opportunity for name, image, and likeness, making money. Because I got to believe you would have been at the top of the ranks in terms of that for clothing, gear, shoes, etc. But what are your thoughts on name, image, likeness? And what does that do to the outlook of, amateur athletes now being listed as being professional because of the monetary situation. I mean, I think it's awesome. I think that obviously the, I think that it would be, you know, it's, 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 they should be able to do that. I mean, it makes sense to me. If someone else wants to pay for an image and likeness, it makes sense. If you've worked hard, if you've developed your craft, if you've made a name for yourself and, I mean, just why why get handicapped for four years just while while you're competing at a very high level? So I think it's great. I think that you know, obviously, the the we just have to make sure you know it's the 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 way the interpretations is is fair all the way around, so mm-hmm. everyone understands the do's and don'ts. But I definitely think, I mean, in the world of wrestling, the most you know no brainer one is wrestling camps, right? I mean, it's like, how can you expect, you know, if if someone who, you know, if Kyle Snyder, who's the returning Olympic champ, 
is is still in college, he's supposed to get paid five hundred bucks to do a wrestling clinic. Right. You know, it's just it's it's it doesn't make sense in the regards to that for, for but that's just one piece of our you know in our world that it was very uh it was very uh, nonsensical for us when you know you got Hodge trophy winners and a couple time national champs being handicapped at the $500 a day limit so i think it's good you know and i i, I agree with you 100% i will tell you this so that, that there are those out there in the NCAA that would have denied Kyle Snyder, the opportunity to take home the funds that were attached to Olympic gold medal, right? And also the worlds where he earned additional monies. And the amount was incredible at the time. Now it's expected. But we went to bat, and so many of us in the media went to bat with the NCAA to have Kyle. How are you going to detract from an individual like Kyle Snyder or like Travell Dog, for example? Uh, and say, hey, good job out of you, college athlete. You can't keep the money. Well, guess what? They backed up on that idea and saw the reasoning, saw the facts. But I don't know that anybody really stood up for the college athletes at the t- uh, prior to that time. Kyle Snyder is absolutely one of the best, and you should not hamstring him uh, financially just because he's still listed as a college wrestler. I believe that there's a bigger picture. Wrestling for Ohio State versus wrestling for your country, the United States of America. The honor is there no matter what. And Travell, you've absolutely lived up to uh, an individual that has deserved every honor that has been given to you, has been bestowed upon you. Uh, and, and by the way, if, if you think wrestlers don't uh, make good livings outside of the camp system, Travell, there's a watch in your closet. And so Ulysses Nardine, blue band, yes, blue face, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and I have the same watch. Any understanding where that is? I paid fifty two hundred for mine. It was listed at seventy two. No, it was listed at seventy five. Uh, I was announcing a fight in Hollywood, Florida, at the uh, Seminole Hard Rock uh, uh, Casino and Resort, and I saw this watch in the window of a watch store. That's all they sell is watches. You know, talk about watching time. But uh, I, I went in. I said, "Tell me about the watch." He said, "Great, you know, here's here's the particulars of this very old company makes fine timepieces." And I said, "Well, t- call your boss in Las Vegas and tell him I'll give him fifty two for it because I knew what the cost basis was on that watch, and I'm a watch collector, and I got the black one. It's actually a dive watch, okay." And you have to have that watch band sized down, down, down until it fits your wrist. No, I'm not wearing it today. I thought I was. But, um, Travell, you know that watch is going to end up in my collection, right? Because I have the black one, but I want the blue one. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, yeah, I'm sure I probably will. I'm just sitting <laughs> up in my, I haven't even, I haven't opened it since, yeah. I don't know, for years. It's just sitting up collecting dust somewhere. So, yeah. mint condition. Yeah, it's definitely a nice condition, but. Andy Barth, for example, loves to give out watches. Did you ever get a watch from Andy Barth, the founder, one of the co-founders of Tight Mercury Wrestling Club, one of the most gen- uh, generous men that I know? Yeah, absolutely. Andy's awesome. Yeah, that was our gift every world team. So we, I had, what did we, he gave me a, a Tag Heuer, an Omega, and a Mount Blanc, I think are the three I got from him. I've never wanted a Mount Blanc. I've got couple omegas and i'm cool with that that's the watch that went to the moon by the way 
which is extremely cool. But to know that it's also being worn by or gifted to one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in Travel Delognev, I think that's pretty cool. Andy understands that most wrestlers don't have the wherewithal to go out and buy a $5,200, $7,500 watch. They just don't. No. You know, there's a watch company in New York, Travel, you should go to sometime. It's called Turno. Okay. The first. Turno? Yeah, Turno. Okay. Uh, and, and the first floor, there's about maybe 12, 1,500 different watch brands uh, uh, brands represented. Second floor, half that many. Third floor, even fewer. And the fourth floor, you have to be invited under armed guard to go up there. The watches start at a million bucks. <laughs> I collect watches, but I'm not goofy enough, even if I had the money, to put a million dollars into a watch. I don't care how much money you'd make. I just couldn't do that. I can't believe there are people out there who can. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, wow, the, you must have to have a lot of money. A lot of money. And and then, uh, obviously, you don't want to tell the wife that you just bought a million-dollar watch, okay? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> like, that's what you got to have a lot. I mean, you can't have $10 million and spend one of them on a watch. Like, you got, I'm talking, you got to have hundreds and hundreds. Of, of Babe, them. I know you wanted that vacation home in Bermuda, <laughs> but hear me out. Look at this cool watch. <laughs> look, how, look how shiny this is. Oh man, oh man, Travell, it's 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 my uh, pleasure to be able to congratulate you today on not just a job well done, but the future looks bright for Nebraska. Uh, Mark Manning, I think, is on the show next week or the week after. It's going to be good to talk to him, catch up. And talk a little bit about the expectations for Team Nebraska out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Turvell, it's great to talk to you, brother. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on. God bless, guys. Yeah, thank you, and God bless you, my friend. He does wear his faith on his sleeve, as it were. And I love that about him. Once he found Christ, it was an amazing uh, difference maker for him, knowing that he did not wrestle the world all by himself. He had something much greater on his side. And that is, of course, his faith and his belief in Jesus Christ. I love it. Don't often go into uh, religion on the sports station, but you know what? Every once in a while, it doesn't hurt. Stay tuned. There's more. You're listening to USA Takedown on 1021 FM and on 1350 KRNT Des Moines. Stay tuned. Guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Two-time world champion Terry Brand said, we use it in our showers and in our room. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. Oh, you got to turn that beat around. <laughs> Takes me back, I got to tell you. My early days in broadcasting, this is the kind of music I played in Minneapolis and up and down the dial, AM and FM. But, yeah, you can turn the beat around, as we do each and every Friday <laughs> on this very program. And we do it from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. Here with an update is our good friend, the uh, once upon a time, as a member of active duty, he was a Marine and still a Marine in my eyes. He is Travis Dvorak from Wild Rose. Travis, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Scott. I'm doing great. How are you, sir? Good. That's your new theme song, by the way, Turn the Beat Around. Um, you, you, there isn't a former Marine that would listen to that song. <laughs> you got to put something a little, a little tougher. Yeah. The, therein lies the rub. And by the way, the Marine Corps with perhaps the greatest theme music ever 
Have I was I did uh, Marine Corps boot camp. I know you went what five weeks? Twelve. Twelve weeks. <laughs> five. Come on now. I'm sorry. I did or twelve two, weeks. Twelve weeks. I did. I did two weeks in San Diego as a member of the media. So we got to do um, most anything we wanted to. It was all scheduled by by uh, General Yu, by the way, who was a former wrestler out of Korea. Um, I will tell you this. I have a newfound respect because of that, okay, experience, where I saw you and your uh, teammates, as it were, fellow Marines, uh, being, you know, willing to put in the time and do it with great class. I got to go in, and they said, do you want your haircut? And and listening to the drill instructors say, you got to put your finger on the mole on the top of your head, like yeah. just like this, Kurt. You yep. put your finger right on, or they're going to cut it off. I remember. I didn't have one, but I remember them telling us that. Good. Back in 1992. There was also a, a young Asian kid who had gone through the haircut and he's all ready to go, but he has to take his personal belongings into the uh, into a room where there's these cubicles. Yep. Uh, okay, and they dump. <laughs> you, they dump literally dump all the stuff in that backpack onto the yep. table and it, and and the DIs uh, go through it. Yep. One of the big rules in the Marine Corps is you don't bring porn on the job. Uh. Period. <laughs> this poor this poor little Asian kid, <laughs> Travis. This poor little Asian kid had perhaps the greatest collection of porn I've ever seen in his backpack. Needless to say, they didn't wait till after boot camp. Nope. They they literally mustered him out that day, and how embarrassing is that? Because the two DIs that were uh, going through his belongings were both female. Oh, <laughs> that just yeah. There you go. I get such he was lonely. Let's face it. I get terrible secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> that poor guy. I did not stay around very long for the dressing down, but by I, God, it was loud. I never had that, but I was trying to think back to 1992 when I got in boot camp. I remember going to personal belongings. Um, I didn't have a backpack. I just had my the shirt on my back. That was it. But empty your pockets, and then you have to change clothes, and so everything. It, it, literally, the shirt that goes on your back goes into the thing, and you don't see it. You don't get back to you until you graduate. You don't see it for six weeks, so everything is gone. I mean, underwear and everything. you got to put on ring cord underwear the whole nine yards. But they took everything. But I think I remember there was other people that came in. They tried to have duty magazines and whatever. I don't remember them getting kicked out, but I remember them getting their, their butt chewed really badly. Is the only drill instructors can do. So I know some people tried to do that. Maybe somebody had a joint or something. I was just a good clean cut island boy, so I just I had a, like a Marine Corps T-shirt and a pair of shorts, and that was it. <laughs> you so you were... yeah. Some people had other stuff, but they didn't, they didn't kick anybody out. They just shoot you up left and right and. <laughs> Made to go to work. <laughs> Travis Dvorak, our guest from Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. Of course, he also represents on this program uh, Clinton, Clinton and Emmitsburg. Uh, great locations coming up October 30th. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Monty Cox and Extreme Challenge returns to Jefferson. What can you tell us about this card? I am absolutely <laughs> excited about it. I don't. He doesn't have the full card yet. He hasn't shared too much with me other than the main event. You got the Jefferson native and the former UFC fighter and the current rising fighter out of Japan and Johnny Case. He's boxing. He's taken on a multi-time Golden Glove boxing champion from Indiana. Um, 
this is going to be a close one. It's going to be a pick em. If you're If you're betting, it's going to probably be even odds here. And um, Johnny is a great athlete. Yeah. Um, high school wrestler, as you know, you know him very well. Mm-hmm. Um, really, but, you know, boxing isn't about a ground game or grappling. It's about striking. And I saw Johnny Case at the last event where he took on a Golden Glove kid from Iowa. And I was absolutely surprised. I should have been, but I was absolutely surprised how good he was at boxing, how quick his hands were. And and what great shape he's in. And I, I understand these UFC athletes or former UFC athletes are there. They are cut above the rafters when it comes to that to athleticism. But his fists were so quick, it actually surprised me. I think this guy, if he wanted to be a boxer, he could be. Well, I think people uh, that study mixed martial arts, some will know this, but there is a day or two each and every week that they switch up their routines and on some days, it is about striking, it is about boxing, it is about yep. kickboxing, it is about jujitsu, it is about wrestling. Insert the discipline here, but it all makes for a well-rounded fighter. Johnny Case represents that, plus he represents Greene County, plus he represents, in particular, Jefferson. Um, you think about it, our first touch with Johnny years ago was not always great, and that was because of his partnership or management. And I do believe that not only has he turned the corner, that has allowed Jefferson to truly get behind this guy. And Wild Rose Casino has done just that. Absolutely. And Monty Cox has been part of it. And you, Scott, you personally were part of that too. And you were very helpful in this process. And, and we owe you a debt of gratitude for that as well. Um, but yeah, this, um, the Johnny, when Johnny came in for this last event, class act from start to finish, mm-hmm. everything about him is great. I uh, was, thoroughly and thoroughly impressed with him. Um, not just in his boxing skills and his fighting skills, but him as a person, his, his personality, the way he dealt with customers or crowds and fans. And uh, even talking to Monty, everything was perfect. If, right. if every fighter, and you've been a promoter yourself, so you understand the, the highs and lows of that business. Mm-hmm. If every fighter was like Johnny Case, every promoter would be extremely happy. And be a millionaire. <laughs> Absolutely, that too. Yes, and that and that goes all on him, right? And I, I'm grateful for that. You know, <laughs> when I first uh, last fight, I remember uh, going out to my car uh, from the side door of the hotel. Um, what is it, Cobblestone Hotel? Yes, sir. Okay. So, and I, by the way, I love staying there, and we'll do so three nights uh, coming up at the end of October. Uh, we're going to do the radio show there. Uh, we'll we'll be doing the weigh-ins and participating in any way, shape, or form uh, with the promotion itself. We love working with Monty, and and uh, it's so well done. He's got a great partner in uh, uh, Scott as well. I just think this is a perfect time for Monty to take a second look at boxing. And because of things like this last event, where it was Johnny Case, the well-known wrestler and mixed martial artist, stepped up to the plate and shows that there is a difference in stance. There is a difference in capability and ability of today's modern-day fighters. Travis Dvorak, our guest from Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Travis, um, I, you know, one of the things you do and do so well, and I know Gary Kirk loves this too, is to become an entertainment center and provider for not just Jefferson, but for Greene County. Why is that important to you? Um, that's a good question. I wasn't prepared for this one. Um, <laughs> but the answer is, you know, we want to be an entertainment provider. It's not just about the gambling. Right. And people do like to come play blackjack or hit some slot machines, hit a jackpot. But we really want to be an, an all-inclusive. We got 
the hotel with Cobblestone, and it's a beautiful hotel. It's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I moved here, I'd stay there for a little bit. Um, it's one that it's it's unbelievably nice. Uh, we got a great restaurant and coaches. I love the food here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like to put on different events. We do concerts, as you know, through Gladys Van Dyke, a friend of yours and mine. We know what a great job she does. Love Gladys. Um, we do these fights here with Monty Cox. You know what a what a legendary Hall of Famer he is. Mm-hmm. And it's important to really. I'm a rural guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a small town Iowa guy. It's nice that places in Iowa and God bless Des Moines and Cedar Rapids and Quad Cities. God bless them all. And it's nice how these communities that that we can showcase a big fight. We can showcase a big concert. We can do all these things. And it, and then what's good is it it brings in jobs and local economies. And then plus with the agreements that we have with local charities in our case, Grove Green County. A percent of our of our revenues go back to the county for improvements. I mean, we're we're seeing a new high school was being built. We've That's got right. a new wing in the hospital, and now we're working to put on a new uh, a new and improved daycare center. How so cool it's really we really it's all about the economic development to the entire community. So now we entertain the community, but the money stays in the community as well. You know, there, there's there's a reason, and I know you love wrestling as much as I do. Um, there's a, a reason that two days ago, Gary Barta, Tom Brands, uh, made the announcement. It was yesterday. They had the press conference about adding women's wrestling at the uh, uh, university level. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Well, you know, <laughs> next week we'll have two of the three that are already signed to that program, right? Cody Goodwin of the Des Moines Register will be in studio. We're going to talk because he was at the press conference. But he has several articles yet to be printed, but he's already done several interviews and articles about the addition of women's wrestling. I got to believe Iowa State and you and I are not that far behind in making that decision. But this is just telling me how wrestling is growing because of great partnerships and sponsorships. Jim Jim Sinclair, his family owns Pan uh, uh, Panera, Panera Bread. Yep. has donated of the 15 million needed. I think he's donated three or four million dollars all by himself. Okay. Again, that takes us back to a $7,500 watch. Okay. But this guy absolutely believes in what wrestling can do and what wrestling has done for him. Now it's uh, his turn to pay back. And I love that. That's what you do, Travis, each and every week is give us the wherewithal, give us the ability to not just pay our bills, but for us to be able to go ahead and be able to dedicate two days a week to this program, whether it's set up or, or tear down. In, in fact, you've done a good job in hiring people like Gladys uh, Van Dyke, uh, Leroy's uh, beautiful wife, but you trust them to be able to do the job for you so you have little obligation the night of. Your job is a purveyor of entertainment, period. Uh, but you really do love having uh, the ability to throw a party and invite you know, a thousand of your closest friends, right? You know, it's one of the great parts of my job. It's it's a labor of love. It's it's probably Gladys's labor and Monty's labor and everybody else's. But yeah, you, if you partner with the right people, people like Monty, people like Gladys, they do the work and you trust them because they know how to do it. They know how to do it right. They have a sense of class and morals and decency, and they know what our customers want. They know what our players want. They know when people come in what they expect, and they fulfill that expectation. So I just get to sit back and enjoy the whole thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm spoiled. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> but we do great relationships, and you know, and and the same with with you, Scott. I mean, we've been in relationship with you what fifteen, twenty years now. About twenty, yeah. 
and um, your wrestling programs have been great. And, and to your credit, you've been a big advocate for women's wrestling all these years. That's right. And you've been active in it. And to think now the University of Iowa, the greatest wrestling college in the state, and Kevin Dresser's doing a great job. He's won well, the country. I was one of the best in the country, and I was state right up there too with Kevin Dresser, of course. Mm-hmm. But here they are, the premier college of wrestling is now get women's wrestling, and and you've got to have some credit in that, Scott. You know, I I don't know how much credit I will take, but I will tell you this: I believed in women's wrestling all along, and I kept beating that drum, and I will continue to do so because we've yep. got about 150 women's programs that need to be added right yep. away at the Division One level. That's how you grow men's wrestling as well. Yep. Tra- Travis Dvorak, our guest. Travis, you recently were uh, bound for uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. You went out there and watched a football game. It was Fly with Cy promotion, right? And uh, yeah. I, was a diff- I was out there. I wasn't with the Fly with Cy promotion. I went out myself, but I went to Cyclone game. So you went to the game, and... Iowa State, coming off of a loss to Iowa, right, ends up holding Nebraska to three points on offense. Three points. That's it. And Iowa State really did uh, take those demons and exercise those demons uh, in the form of (laughs) University of Nevada and Las Vegas. I mean, I couldn't be any more happy for a program than I was that day. What was the game like in person? There seemed to be about 32,000 people there, of, yeah. of which probably 20,000 were uh, Cyclone fans. Yeah. A couple things. I, I want to correct the record real quick. Iowa is a premier college when it comes to wrestling, but Iowa State and you and I, they're nationally known as powerhouses. Sure. And Kevin Dresser and Jamie Pollard, they do a great job. No disrespect to them because they're great. I got to meet Kevin Dresser <laughs> and boy, he, Boy, after I got done with him, I wanted to go run laps and lose 20 pounds. <laughs> that was just outstanding, right? And so Iowa State and you and I are just right up there with Iowa as well. So I think they're going to get really interesting, too. I mean, it's, it's great that we're in a state that's got such powerhouses traditionally. Um, but to your your recent question here, yes, Iowa State out there, it was amazing. Allegiant Stadium was a beautiful stadium, a new one. Um, Iowa State fans came out. I got there on a Friday night. I didn't leave till Monday morning. Everywhere I went to Vegas, Fremont Street, the strip, every restaurant, every casino, I saw Iowa State people everywhere proudly showing off their, their jerseys or T-shirts or sweatshirts, all those. They were everywhere. I couldn't go anywhere without an Iowa State person. The game itself is great and phenomenal. <laughs> we probably had five times the Iowa State fans than there was UNLV fans. Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah. by the way, I'm on record with Jamie Pollard and Matt Campbell both in saying I do not like the black uniforms that they play or they wear. Uh, I'm not sure if it's every home game or not, but when they faced Iowa, they were wearing that black on black. It's part of their color uh, palette, okay, that they coaches can choose from, but it's the least color of all the colors on the palette. So just take that for what it's worth. I don't like the black uniforms. I love the tradition of cardinal and gold. I love what uh, Matt's doing. I love what Kevin Dresser's doing for sure. What a pleasure it is to be a part of their history. Travis, we're up against the clock. I want to thank you so much. Give them the website where they can find out more information about entertainment opportunities and hours of operation. www.wildroseresorts.com. It takes you to all three of our properties. Give our best to uh, everybody at Wild Rose. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week, okay? 
Sounds great. There we go. Travis Dvorak. Make sure you get it right, okay? Because the people in the Arena Football League did not get it right once upon a time. And there, there was a sign in front of uh, Travis's chair that said Travis Dvorak with a B. It's Dvorak with a V. Okay. I don't know why I needed to go there, but I did. Hey, we want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this edition as we come to you live from Wild Rose Casino Studios in Des Moines, Iowa. It's 102.1 FM and KRNT. That's 1350 ESPN.